0: A question for you. Do you or a member of your team need to be trained on the new European medical device regulation? Then register to the Greenbelt certification program. Multiple sessions are available. Check at easymedicaldevice.com GB. And don't forget to use the promo code POD2022 to get 10% discount. P-O-D 2022. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about laboratory tests. So mainly uh, I am involved on a lot of projects, uh, on uh, design and development projects. And we arrive at a certain stage where we need to go to a laboratory to make some tests like biocompatibility tests or material tests or animal studies, etc., cetera, et cetera, So um, there is a point where I also learned on the fact that you should not just go to a laboratory and just say, do the test. You have maybe to prepare something before. And for helping us to accelerate, if I can say, uh, your uh, testing within laboratories. So I have with me Christoph Lindner, which is the team leader of medical device testing at ChiefSuite. So Christoph, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast.
1: Hi, Mania. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast.
0: Great. So uh, Christoph, uh, we had long discussions about how to do tests, how to come, how this and that. And I said, maybe it's good to share that, if I can say with the audience, uh, because uh, the objective will be, how can we help them to accelerate or not delay their progress in terms of getting uh, test uh, available on, uh, I mean, their products available on the market. But before I'm asking you my question, so uh, can we have a small introduction of yourself and um, maybe the activities you are doing, and then we can go directly on the topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, li- like you introduced myself already, so I'm Christoph Lindner, working with TÜVSÜT as a team leader for medical device testing. And uh, by education, I'm a chemist, but now have the um, yeah, key focus points in chemical testing, biological testing, biocom testing, and some parts of uh, packaging and transport validation testing for medical devices.
0: Great. So, um, I think this will be also interesting. So, um, you are not part... I mean, you are part of TubeSuite, but not part of the notified body, I suppose. You are part of a, another entity.
1: So so indeed, it's the same entity, but we are completely separated. So we are not sharing the notified body reports with the test house and way round. So we, we, we are sure, or we are making sure that there's an impartiality between both parts. Yes,
0: exactly. So uh, just also uh, maybe a a disclosure before, uh, so all what we are saying today is uh, general, uh, common, if I can say normally to a, a lot of uh, companies, but uh, it's not a guarantee that you will be succeeding just because you are following all that, so, but uh, I wanted to say that, yeah, for Christopher, so that we are uh, having our own opinions on these things, uh, but we are not here providing you the secret sauce, if I can say, for things. We are just trying to provide you the guidance and best practices uh, to have a discussion with or to get the, 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 the advice from them. Um, okay, so mainly uh, the, the first thing that I wanted to ask you, Christoph, so um, so we are talking here now about laboratories, so having the test done in laboratories, but when you are working for maybe some big companies, they already have their own uh, facility, they already have their own team, their own thing, so is it mandatory to go to uh, lab, an external lab, if I can say that is accredited and everything, or... Can we use an internal lab that we have within our facility to develop and some testing to get some results and then to get those documents or reports approved by a notified body like another one?
1: So indeed, it's possible to do tests internally, but I would like to, to give you three steps and w- where most of the medical de- device manufacturers would be. So the one step would be something like uh, you are a small medical device manufacturer and you, th- there's no need and no sense to build up your own laboratory, doing all the validation stuff, showing your competence and so on. On the other side, it would be that you have a large medical device manufacturer. So there are indeed some manufacturers who have their own entity, their laboratory entity with an ISO IEC 17025 accreditation. So they're completely separated. It's something like a completely n- new company. And so it's quite easy to show impartiality, but many manufacturers will be in, in the middle. So, so they, they have to show their uh, competency, their impartiality when they are performing their own uh, test, tests or test reports for providing to regulatory authorities like notified bodies. And so, th- this is the critical point. It might be that it's more time consuming and more money consuming than going to an external laboratory. Especially when you're going to in vivo test, there's no way that a mid-sized manufacturer will go this way, Monir.
0: Yeah, so I think what is interesting here is to say the, the rules that an external laboratory is following are the same that, for a company that is creating their own laboratory so they have still to have this iso at 17025 they still have to follow the same rules etc and what is interesting and I like that and uh, yeah I was not thinking about it is the impartiality is to say okay it's your laboratory but how can you be judge and um, make a result and say I, I am good if I can say i i am, mm. I am creating the products and i judging that product that i'm creating which says yes I'm good at creating my product so it's also something that is really important but is not, are notified bodies or, or regulators looking at this impartiality and saying, oh, it, it was done in, in total impartiality?
1: So th- this answer no one likes. Uh, it depends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I think every assessor has a different point of view on this. I would like to emphasize that it's not necessarily that you have an ISO 17 or 25 accreditation. When you're able to show your competency, so that you have an established method, you have the validation and you can show that, that, that you're good. In earlier times, laboratories were quite rare on some specific tests, for example, uh, knee implants or hip implants. When you have a stress test for, uh, you're simulating 20 years of using this. So in this case, larger manufacturers did have their own laboratories, but now there are also laboratories available on the European market covering some kind of test like this.
0: No, I think it's great. And uh, I remember exactly, I was working a lot of, uh, on orthopedics and I, I, w- I was working for big companies and I saw those laboratories inside our plant where they are doing those mm. testing to verify a uh, one million cycle that everything is not... Broken. Yeah, or
1: bending. Yeah, and exactly,
0: those kind of things. So I saw that yes, and it was internal and yeah, true. It, uh, uh, the objective is also to show that all the systems are validated. The same as what you are doing on, on manufacturing. When you're manufacturing a product, you are using some equipments and you have to show the validation of those equipment. So it's the same here for the, for the testing, which is, uh, which is good. Um, so the, the, also the other thing is money. You have, if you build your own laboratories, you have to maintain it and you have to kind of have to pay all those things. So if it's for a one-time project, I think it's not worth it at all to go for building a laboratory and doing that for just a one-time project.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree on this one. Here. So you have to have uh, several projects per year and uh, also not, not having for small size companies something like 20 different kinds of medical devices. There, the, the amount of different tests will just be overwhelming.
0: Exactly. Um, the other thing that uh, we are experiencing when we are going through laboratories is to say, okay, we have now finalize maybe our prototype or our products or whatever and we want to make the test uh, through laboratories for example let's say biocompatibility test uh, or biological evaluation test and we send that to laboratories and say oh it will take maybe two to three months to get that uh, the results everything etc and we say and the answer that the management is always asking can we reduce that can we reduce this timeline can we make it shorter should we pay more to get it maybe shorter so that they can run two three machines or i don't know what what, what to do so what are, Do you have first this experience of people trying to really reduce those timelines? And can you reduce those timelines or it's not really possible?
1: So, so for sure, we have some medical device manufacturers who have some kind of pressure. This is internally the pressure. We don't know what is happening internally, but we, we see this. So some kind of, of manufacturers are asking about expedite services. And in some cases it is possible, but sometimes the setup when you're going for sensitization, so it will never be faster than something like, I guess, six to eight weeks, just due to the nature of the test that you're doing a first step, then a a second, a third step on animals. So usually on rabbits. And so it it won't be successful. You, You cannot reduce this to two weeks. It's simply not possible due to the nature of the test.
0: So I I think here there is also some kind of uh, management of project with parallel action that should be also managed because the thing is, there are some people that says, oh, if I do the test and I wait for three months, what should I do during the the next three months because I'm waiting for that to do my next activity. So here I think there is some kind of uh, project management, but uh, are you, uh, if I can say, helping in terms of that to say, oh, while you are, we are doing this test, we can also do maybe another test or we can do something else. can we do parallel testing, or should we really wait for one to be finished before to do others?
1: Do, do you want to have the realistic answer, or yeah, yeah, the, the answer well, from the standard?
0: Always the realistic answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, so the standard always say: do first if it's necessary the chemical tests, then the in vitro tests, so no animals involved, and then the in vivo tests. Yeah. But this will will expanding your period by month and month. And so you can do for sure things in parallel as long as you're t- taking the standard not too serious and you're not aware of any adverse effects already uh, noticed by a medical device. Otherwise it would be against animal welfare. And so when you're not aware of anything and you're not expecting any problems or adverse effects, you can do in parallel. And then the final reports will drop in step by step by step.
0: No, I think it's good because um, the, the it's true that yeah if, if you know already that there is some kind of toxicity and then you are giving this to an animal that will die anyway mm-hmm. because of that but it makes no sense you if I can say you have made that for for nothing, which is really important. So I suppose you have to build those justification because before you can make those kind of testing there.
1: Yeah, in this case, you as a manufacturer can decide on this. Sometimes it's happening that you're not testing in the same laboratories, so the one laboratory is not aware what you're doing with a second laboratory. It can be some some laboratories do have the full scope, others are specific. Uh, have the focus on the chemical tests or on the in vivo tests and so on so so you have some kind of freedom but just keep in mind don't do anything against animal welfare when you're aware of adverse effects toxic uh, behavior and so on
0: yeah no i agree and uh, it's it's why we are trying to give those those advices here to say uh try to manage it through projects really uh, well so that You are not trying to um, make, if I can say, make some mistakes or accelerate or try to make some tests uh, that maybe will will not be necessary at all. So uh, this is maybe something that is good introduction to what I wanted to mainly ask is Mm -hmm. what are the. So I am a manufacturer. I'm coming to you. What should I maybe prepare before? What should I maybe give you when I'm coming to you? What should I maybe do during the time you are doing the test, et cetera? What should I do after? So is there some kind of do and don't do uh, activities that we can share here to say, do this and don't do that?
1: Yeah. So, so it depends on your state of knowledge. So when you do have an own toxicologist who is available and is able to do a BEP, so a biological evaluation plan, it's always great. So in this biological evaluation plan, you have your device you're describing. I had in earlier times some similar devices. I have clinical data. I have preclinical data. I know about my material. And I'm going usually to the ISO 1093-1 and checking especially a table A1, what is necessary? So there, there, there are some kind of X indicated and a lot of E's. And so some type so so, so the E means it's necessary that you consider those endpoints, but it's not mandatory to test those endpoints. So you have some kind of freedom. Unfortunately, the assessor of your notified body has also some kind of freedom to disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> so but but it's good you you can say okay i want to do those tests and those tests but when you're not at this stage try to get in contact with your laboratory they will usually give you technical advice they are not allowed to give you consultancy so when you're asking them how to do those tests or these tests this this is fine but you cannot expect from a laboratory, please give me the magic key. And with this key, when I'm following this route, everything will be great in Europe, at the FDA, in Chinese FDA, and Japan. So for this, you should go to a consultant. Usually, he, he or she is, is able to give you more guidance even or, or directly giving you consultancy. But the laboratory is not allowed to do so.
0: I think it's important here also to say that because it's not because, I mean, they are not, I suppose for me, they are not giving you advice or consultancy because they don't know. It's because they know, but they don't, I suppose there is also some kind of liability here Uh, in case of giving you this advice. And if they fail, if you fail or something, uh, who is responsible for this failure? Maybe the parameters were, not correctly performed or correctly provided. And then we say, oh, it's you who defined those parameters. I didn't define that. And now I have maybe to redo the test with new parameters, etc. So I suppose there is also this kind of thing. Is it correct or
1: yes, but I have to give some additional information. As a notified body is not allowed to do consultancy, according to ISO 17 or 25 accredited laboratories also not allowed to okay. do consultancy. It's not only for liability, but also what is allowed when you're having an audit as an accredited laboratory and there are some indications that you're doing in the consultancies, um, it's not your best day of your life.
0: Okay, great. I understand now because it's true that, I mean, at the beginning of my, my career, we started to go to laboratories and say, oh, do these tests per the ISO, blah, blah. And they are asking us a lot of questions. Should we do it on that way, on that way, this cycle, mm-hmm. this thing, that thing, et cetera. And we're here like... I have no clue. We don't know what we. I mean, you you know better than me. So, uh, just I want, as you've said, I just want to be compliant to go to Europe, to FDA, to whatever. Then do whatever you you need to to get to this point. Many this is many the, the 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 thing. But after many years, we understand that yeah, um, we have to make our own as I said protocols, uh, things, and define our own rules. And recently, I had also a test with another laboratory. And we had a meeting just because they had a lot of questions. How should we do this? How should we do that? Et cetera. And we had to answer this question before they can start the test. So it's something that is really important that you have also some people within your teams that have some knowledge or having some consultants that have some knowledge that can help you to make the, the right decisions. But um, So I suppose a lot of people are, 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 if I can say, coming to you with this imagination that you are here to do everything and they have to do nothing, if I can say.
1: It's, it's, it's fully true what you're what supposing. But here, like I mentioned before, you have to make the difference between what is on the technical side. You can say you need this and that and it's not good to do 37 degrees instead of 50 degrees for FDA. But we cannot say, okay, with your clinical data, you can uh, do a rationale or justification why you're omitting, so why you're not doing some kind of test. So this this is not possible for a laboratory.
0: Okay. Um, is there, so sometimes we have some tests, everything goes well and we get the report and then we are happy. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. We have some negative results or things that are not working. So uh, is there some negotiation, with you to say, oh, can we let it pass like this? Or can we do that? So is there some kind of (laughs) (laughs) flexibility here? It's like, no, it's not pass. It's not pass. We don't, (laughs) but there is no other choice here.
1: (laughs) So a laboratory will always state the result. And in some cases, they are pass-fail criteria. In some tests, they are not so, there you, you're more flexible to do some rationale justification. But when you have uh, done, for example, an irritation test on guinea pigs, and there all the guinea pigs get irritant skin, so irritation is, is obvious. There, there's no way for repeating the test. So, this, especially for in vivo tests, so in vitro tests is a little bit different. But for in vivo tests, the standard says no repetition. Without any modification or that 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 you're doing any enhance, not not testing into compliance. So this, this no laboratory w- will like this, and it's also not the sense or in the sense of a manufacturer.
0: No, I think it's great this because I was thinking of that. I was saying, oh, maybe it didn't pass well the first time because I don't know there was we think maybe there was some false positive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can we redo the test? <laughs> but here apparently. As you said, in, vit- in vivo, in vitro it's possible, but in vivo it's not really possible because, as you said, we have some animals here, so we're not really torture against some animals when at the end there is no change of your, of your, of your thing. But in vitro, is it recommended when we have some failure here to say, can we redo it just to be sure?
1: I, I would not say it's a recommendation, but I would ask my own process, the manufacturing process, do I have, do I have a large variance? Okay. But but then for example in the chemical tests, there's clearly indicated in a ten nine three-18 when you do have a large variance, not doing the test once, but doing this as a triplicate. Okay. Because then you see, okay, I have here some variance. For sure, it would be better that you're getting rid of your variance within your production process, because then also in the future it might be even when you're passing the test that that we have some adverse effects, so I cannot give a general recommendation. But just go to your production process. See what can be the influence. Why did I not expect that there's some kind of toxicity? Did I did I neglect some kind of additives, cleaning agents, uh, the packaging? Uh, after my ethylene oxide sterilization, maybe maybe the degassing cycle is too short. So so not just blindly go into a repetition of a test so this i cannot recommend
0: okay no i think it's a good one and so do you have maybe some other advice in terms of how we can avoid to slow down some testing process how we can be more effective i can say do you have maybe some anecdotes or things that can you you always see like the top three or top five thing that you always see and say oh if you all oh, people are always doing these mistakes
1: so Usually not always doing this, luckily, but I would like to share my top three, how you can efficiently slow down your testing uh, process. So it would be something like uh, you having a discussion with the laboratory and stating, for example, you want this kind of conditions. And in the end, the laboratory, you, you're doing the order. The laboratory is sending you, it's, sometimes it's called sample submission form, where you're writing, what's my company name? What's the, the item name? What's the batch number? And then you're including different kinds of informations on a technical issue. Then there, there's a conflict. And to, to get rid of the conflict, it's, it's, it's taking days to usually weeks. So this is slowing down for sure. Okay. Closely connected wh- when you're sharing with the laboratory a uh, biological evaluation plan, and in the end, you're ordering something or you won't get tests done which are not according to the biological evaluation plan. Okay. Then there's also so much confusion, and so it, it's it's not good.
0: So, so it means that uh, they send you a biological evaluation plan. It says, do this, do that on this format for this product with this scope, with that thing, etc., etc., and when you open the box and look, it's not that at all. It's not what, I mean, it's not linked at all. Is it, the, is it that or?
1: Yeah. So sometimes the, the test item is differently. Okay. Sometimes
0: the kind of tests are differently. Okay.
1: And so then you as the laboratory. So
0: what should I do?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, at the end, I think you cannot do anything. You have to, as we said, it it can slow down if I can say your process because you have maybe to replace the part or to change the biological evaluation plan or to to solve this with the customer, which can take also some time for them. And I suppose they are not happy when it takes a bit bit of time there.
1: Sure. So maybe I can jump to a second point. When you are not providing all the information which are necessary, I can give some kind of examples. So when when you're doing, for example, a cytotoxicity test, there are different dyes, so different methods. So MTT, MTS, XTT. And you're, you're simply, when you have this form, there you will get asked, what do you want? Yeah. And usually when the customers, sorry to say so, have not so in-depth knowledge, they are just leaving this blank, but it's never helping. Because the laboratory is always coming back to you, and so in case it's not the only example, when when you have little knowledge, sometimes just one or two hours conversation with, with a consultant could help you. Yeah, one because very basic.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's it's, it's important also to mention that sometimes it's true that when you see those forms, there is those acronyms that we never heard, so we have no clue what we are talking about. And uh, this can be also, I think, a bit, a bit like frightening. Should I write? Should, I mean, at one point you say, should I tick whatever? I just say XTT or MTT or whatever because I have no clue. Or as you said, should I hire a consultant to do that? Or can the laboratory just tell me what it is? And then maybe I can guess myself uh, what, what I should write there.
1: Yeah. In, in in some cases, the laboratory can help you, especially because this kind of forms every testing client is uh, yeah bothered with, are not specific for the one product for this exactly except uh yeah product within the whole range of medical devices. But there are some questions: Is there an antimicrobial coating? Okay. Probably this is not relevant when you're testing a disinfectant. Okay. So, so there can be, can't be a coating. So, so don't be confused for those easy cases. Uh, I think you can ask the laboratory. But when it's going to, uh, is there a difference between uh, Japanese authority and FDA? Uh, then probably it's, it's not uh, the, yeah it's more going to the uh, consultancy or consultancy area and it's not on the range or on the side of the laboratory.
0: Great. Okay. We guess that now everybody understood that yeah if you need really some technical in terms of uh, regulation advices per country, et etc, better to go to a, consult- to a consultant to help you on that. Mm-hmm. Do you have something else?
1: So a uh, third thing is especially where, when you have larger studies, not something like an easy study, something like uh, also um, something like accelerated aging. It's getting more and more important, I think, um, or, or some uh, transport validation, all the in vivo studies. When you're telling the laboratory, I will send my uh, shipment in week number four, okay. calendar week number four. But then on short notice, you give the information. Hmm. Mm, I, I won't do this. Probably it's a delay of one or two months and then the laboratory has to completely reschedule everything and usually then the delay is not one or two months, but will be something like in a week from two to four months because usually you, you have to order the animals or having your climatic chambers, sometimes their are climatic chambers of eight times 10 times five meters. They are not always available, and this is really delaying your projects. So
0: I suppose we have, I mean, your calendar is booked long time in advance, so you have also other customers that are there waiting for their thing. So it's not like because one uh, canceled, if I can say, one test and they want to move it for the following month. It's possible because you already have booked... I can say all those materials for all the customers. So I think it's also an important thing to say. Yeah, if you cancel, don't expect to get an immediate date after. I mean, unless you are really lucky. But yeah. you know, as you've said, you have maybe some ordering to do, some uh, material that will not be available, etc., which is uh, something that is uh, really important. But the advice, I mean, an advice is really if you have long studies or big studies like that, to really talk to you so you can really schedule everything because. If you don't schedule, you you can maybe not provide the things on time then.
1: Exactly. The larger the study is, the more it is like the do. Talk to your laboratory. When will it be available? Are the laboratory uh, personnel or is the laboratory personnel also available? And the don't, just on short notice, give the information. Sorry, I I did not make it.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's a a good point here. Um, Okay. Um, So... One thing that we wanted also to discuss is uh, one element, which is called design freeze. So this is mm-hmm. something that is, uh, I think, uh, important. Um, so during, uh, I mean, when we are doing a development, we have some prototypes and we are testing that, etc. And at a certain point, we want to go through the laboratories. So do you, I mean, do you recommend to go to the laboratories when we know that your design is not completely frozen if i can say or it's better to wait until everything is fixed and it will not change at all then you can go to laboratory so just also to reduce time so is it recommended to do some tests before even design freeze
1: so so first of all i would like to answer on your question afterwards give you a a a nice story which really happened okay so for for sure the standard says whenever possible try to do the test on the final medical device in the exact same ge- geometry, the, y- the material you want to use later on, the way you do the sterilization in case it's a sterile yeah. medical okay. device, and the final uh, packaging. Okay. Whenever you're changing okay. later on, some assessors might ask, okay, so now you're showing me some kind of tests for this kind of medical device, but Afterwards, you change something. So obviously, you you, you had not your design freeze yet. So what's the influence? And it's quite complicated. And so I had once a customer, and we we were not yet at the testing stage, but on the evaluation stage, so biological evaluation plan, so the BEP. And after the first round of evaluation, uh, we want to use a second material. Okay. So we, we did a second loop. Uh, we want to use a, a different uh, geometry. Okay. Then we had a third loop. Then uh, we want to change the clinical um, um, or the, 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 the use or so the clinical usage. And it, 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 it will delay the project by weeks and months. So it's whenever possible, try to get your, your product final so that you have a design freeze. Otherwise, you will run into trouble.
0: Yeah, but because I mean, I mean, it's obvious. Also, as you've said, uh, an assessor, even me, if I'm auditing a company, I will see that there was a test done in January, but in April there was a, a big design change. Then uh, you show me the, the the test that was done in April uh, in, in January. Then I will ask you, uh, do you have a justification that this test was not impacted by the design change? Uh, are you sure that everything was followed, etc. Et so I mean it's obvious for that so are you when you see you start to see cycle 1 cycle 2 or cycle 3 etc are you saying to the customer are you sure it's the final design or or, or they know about that and they take the risk because also I was on this, on this side of the business. We have manufacturers and management that accept to take the risk because they want to reduce the timeline as, lo, as low as possible. And they say, okay, we, know, we are not sure that it's, we are design freeze, but we accept to take the risk to make the test now. And if we have a change later, we accept to, to redo the test, but it's just to reduce, to, to say that we know about this risk.
1: So usually it, all the test laboratories will ask, Is this the final medical device? But but for sure you, you cannot check on this. When the yeah. client is telling you it's the final medical device, they want to go the risk. It's their decision. For sure, for in vivo testing, it's it's absolutely not recommended to do something with in vivo tests without the design freeze. But for sure you could order this or, or get laboratories do this for you. But As a manufacturer like you mentioned or like you explained there is a high risk and anytime you're doing a justification the assessor has the possibility to disagree
0: just one one thing maybe because we talked a lot about animals and the fact that we are testing on animals and that maybe there is some i mean the fact of treating the treating badly the animals because we Mm -hmm. are redoing tests and tests and tests when we know it's not working so in that case for example um, just maybe to, to have an understanding for you as laboratory. So is there a committee that says, yes, we do this test, or no, we don't do this test, when you receive the information to say, yeah, we accept to do this test or not? Or it's like, no, we accept everything and we are, we, we are not arguing anything on, on that?
1: So, so it's not, not a full committee. It's not like an ethical committee when, when you're doing clinical studies, but there's always the check, uh, is this a medical device at all? So, for example, we had some inquiries for um, PPE, okay. so personal protective equipment, and so there's no indication that you're doing animal tests on PPE. Yeah. So then we rejected this, and we we're looking for an in vitro test.
0: Okay. So I think it's it's important here that. It's not just a, a start and, and do the activities. It's really that you are asking yourself some questions first uh, before you go through that. So uh, have you had to reject some medical devices so you have done 10 times the same test and we are not accepting anymore to do it?
1: So luckily, just for the PPEs, so with the COVID-19, there were many manufacturers or just importers who has little to... Yeah, Sorry no knowledge. And so they are just importing anything from from uh, Asian markets and wanted to have the one and single test okay. to, to place then everything on Amazon or even uh, yeah in, in larger business ways. And so there we, we were not able to help. We, we, we did some uh, yeah, technical discussions and in the end we said, so we, we are not able to help.
0: Okay, I think I think it's important also to to mention that you are not just here as a business, just getting some, if I can say, test to be done, and uh, you are mm. just open boutique and this and that. You are really making this like a thorough process, and that people are really mm. have to understand that what you are doing is really important, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's not. It's you. Are, you have really some people that are really helping and, and deciding if we go or not for this kind of uh, of elements. Um, you are from as we said from chief Sud, um, so. We know that there is a notified body at Chief Sud also that is reviewing something. So, mm-hmm. is there some kind of uh, thing to say, oh, I am from y- your test laboratory? It was done by Chief Sud. So, if your notified body is Chief Sud, they will accept it more to say, oh, you you have done tests at Chief Sud laboratory. So, it's fine. Oh, I know Christoph Lindon. <laughs> so, it's, it's completely fine. I know this is a, a good guy. So, it's fine. Your test is fine. I would not argue anything on this, etc. So, So, is there some kind of thinking like that?
1: So, so so I would be so glad if it's like they are seeing my name as contact person and they are just waving ah oh, everything good. But but indeed it's 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 not like uh, just in the beginning of this podcast we we said we, we are always trying and maintain the impartiality, and uh, so so our test reports are. I would not say not better than others, not, not more valuable than others. For, for sure, when a, a test house is uh, knowledgeable and knows how notified bodies are working, it's always of good help. So, it, so not only suit has this knowledge, for sure. I have to put this in disclaimer, yeah. but for sure, not based on a direct report or on customer. We have some some interchange or exchange. We are saying, okay, what is good or what should we not do in the testing business that we are trying to avoid this? For sure, we are, we are not able to do this in 100% of all case, and, and we, are, we are not the perfect guys in testing, but we are always trying to improve.
0: I think it's great and I'm asking specifically this question because I have customers that are asking me oh my notified body is uh, this one or this one can I go to the laboratory that is for with this notified body maybe they will accept better my tests etc so the answer is no uh, any laboratories I, I will be uh, reviewed um, as yeah, uh, a laboratory, and if they have follow the same rules, if they are accredited, etc., so they, they will be checked. So it's not there is no issue on that. Um, so
1: yeah. now, but, but may may I mention something else? Yeah. Some customers are uh, even complaining that uh, the notified body and the test laboratory are the same legal entity. They are afraid we are saying, "Hey, this test report it fails." Ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, the, the fact that to say, yeah, uh, don't don't get don't take those, those. I mean, the, I, I suppose there is no reporting to say, oh, this customer fails, so you should not accept ne- them as ne- customers. Never in stuff. life. Never. Okay, great. I mean, good, good to inform people because maybe they are afraid of that. I mean, I like that because it's maybe a question that people are asking themselves and they would never ask or we never tell, but uh, I think it's good here to have a, a good information about it. And the last thing that I wanted to ask is mainly about Um, you are a laboratory so we should include you on our supplier list Uh, so to say that you are approved supplier for us so is it common to also audit our the the laboratories? so to say oh you are my laboratories you are on my supplier list uh, you are doing a lot of tests for me which are critical should i come to audit you so is this something that happens to for example that they get audited by customers
1: so so i don't want just to answer for, to suit, but I think for all the laboratories. So, the manufacturers should always put a uh, um, test laboratory to the supplier list. Then checking, is it just a supplier or a critical supplier? From my perspective, I'm also an auditor uh, for MDD, MDR, and ISO 13485. So, the critical supplier would be, is there an influence on the safety and performance of my medical device? So, This is directly going to Annex 1, GSPR, general safety and performance requirements of the MDR. Is there influence or no? And when the answer is yes, it would be a critical supplier. And then you have to set up some kind of requirements. What do I need from my critical supplier? It might be that uh, a questionnaire. So the supplier self-questionnaire is sufficient when there's an accreditation or even a GLP certification and uh, performance within the last year was be in, in some kind of rules you can define by your own was good to very good and that there's no need of an audit. Okay. But we had some, some suppliers who especially wh- when they are thinking about not only placing one or two orders by 1000 euros per year Uh, Who did an audit, but you have to check it's a large effort on both sides. So uh, when you want to go into a deeper relationship with the laboratory, it might be helpful that you're getting to know each other better. But just for for rarely performed tests, probably the laboratory is not happy, but also your uh, auditors uh, yeah, doing the audit are not happy when they are requesting to do so.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good. But uh, as you said, you have a procedure that uh, you should have with your own quality management system, which will define how you are managing your suppliers. Um, and yeah. If it's a critical yes do do something if it's not really critical if it's as you say if you are doing just one order uh, per year and it's not really a critical process then maybe uh, there is no need for for doing that but all this should be defined by by the manufacturers on their procedures directly okay sure. so I, I think we covered really all the topics that i wanted to discuss but um as as we talk about chief suit so we talk about many things that you are doing so do you have maybe can can we can we can you mention what are the services or for what test should I come to Q Street? So what tests you can provide, what tests you can do for, for the manufacturer so that maybe they can read it and say, Oh yes, I have this test to do, so maybe I will contact you directly.
1: So the the the, the quick answer would
0: be all. Okay. <laughs>
1: And to make it more precisely, so like, like I mentioned in the introduction, so I'm dealing with everything with biocom, biological, chemical tests, but we have also colleagues, some kind of test modules, so electrical safety, electromagnetic compatibility. So these these things, we, we have different departments because there I, I'm definitely not the expert up to fancy things like MRI safety and cybersecurity. So um, it, it might be that, that we can provide a one pager uh, together with this podcast yep. uh, who who's interested in and uh, to see what we are able to offer
0: yeah so send that to me and i will put that on the show notes and people will directly download that and where people can follow up with you so is there a specific place where people can discuss with you or maybe ask you questions directly
1: yeah sure i'm i'm always happy for some questions and i'm i'm active on linkedin and also, it might be uh, useful just in case you want to connect, get get in touch with me on LinkedIn. And I also uh, published, I think, a few weeks ago and a few months ago, some article series on some related topics. They are free of charge. in LinkedIn, you just have to get in touch with me and check wh- what kind of articles did he write, and just read. Maybe it's helpful. I, I try to make it, um, yeah, as um, yeah, entertaining like this podcast.
0: No. <laughs> So great! So I will put all the information on the on the on the show notes. So don't hesitate to go on the show notes and get uh, the, the details there. Uh, so really, thank you, uh, Christophe. It was really I mean, for me. It was really a, a, a good podcast. I, I really like all the information you provide, and I really hope that all this will help. Uh, manufacturers to uh, be faster on the market to not mm-hmm. make mistakes and to arrive also to you and i hope it will benefit also to you that they arrive and say oh i listen to the podcast and i know exactly what what information i should provide to you so that uh, we are getting faster on the market which is great um, so christophe really thank you for your support thank you for all the information you provided and i wish you really a nice day Thanks you thank you bye-bye bye